ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 151 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, or the DAP network, if you will. And we tend to, not always, but we tend to. This is obviously Andrew Hall with you on the Dynasty Junkies. And with me tonight, the one and only Wyatt. How are you doing, Wyatt? Uh, fantastic talking to you. Uh, just uh, crossing my fingers that the storm outside does not knock my internet out at some point. It has calmed down a bit, but like, 30 minutes ago, it was coming down pretty hard. I I hate storms when that happens. I work from home, and there are a lot of times where storms will roll through during the day. Just a quick summer storm, you know, and it'll knock everything out for like 20 minutes. I'm like, well, there goes that sale. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. And hopefully it survives and lasts long enough for this. And obviously people can find you at Wyatt B underscore FF. But where are you? What are you doing your work? I know we've talked to this before, but where can people find you and what are you up to these days? Yeah, so most of my work is all through JWB Fantasy Football, uh, Best Ball, Dynasty, Redraft, everything, you know, through there. And then you can also find my, the only place where I actually write articles uh, is for Dynasty League Football. (laughs) Hey, but DLF's a good group. Yeah. Yeah, DLF's a good group. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, I'll mention here at the top, Scott is having some family issues and some personal issues, so he's not going to be with us for a little while. So obviously we love Scott and hope he's doing well. He'll get back with us when he can. Uh, but again, just in case anyone's listening or curious about that, Scott Sidlow's doing great. He's all right, but he's just taking some time away from the podcast. Totally respect that. I think there's definitely times where we all need a little break. So uh, thank you for sending your love. If you've got questions, of course, reach out. But Scott will come back when he can. With that, let's get into the news. I know there was some, we're not really a news podcast. I always say this, like we're more in the theory and the game of it than the news. And we're not really breaking news and all that. But some of this does have some impact on Dynasty aspect and Dynasty players. So I thought I'd bring it up with you tonight, Wyatt. Uh, First things first, the, the biggest news is the holdout or the potential holdout or the not holdout. I don't know what we're calling it, but the franchise tag news with Barkley, Jacobs and Pollard all not signed to long term deals. And then, of course, the question that everybody's been asking is, is Barkley going to hold out? Are we going to, you know, see another Le'Veon Bell? Like, what's the situation here? I know I have my opinions, but I guess I'm curious. Let's start with you on Barkley. What do you think is going to happen with Barkley? Should we be avoiding him in Dynasty? Is now a time to buy him? What are you doing with him right now? I would not be avoiding. I I wouldn't avoid any of them. I'm just going to say. Yeah. But uh, Barkley, yeah, if there's there's a dip at all, go by. Um, Yeah, I just... It just doesn't make sense for them to actually sit out. Um, it basically never does. I mean, you could argue that it worked out for Le'Veon Bell and the way that he got paid, but I think that's also was a lesson learned for every NFL team to never <laughs> sign that running back who sits out if they do sit out to a real contract because Le'Veon Bell had obviously lost it 
after he came back. So um, I think like they can talk all they want, um, but I don't expect anyone to actually sit out. Saquon Barkley doesn't worry me at all. He's the best one out of uh, this group. If you happen to be able to get a discount on him, like I'm in for sure. I don't like to buy running backs around this time of the year, just in general, unless you get like the discount that you wouldn't normally get for the player. So this would be an opportunity for that. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at really with all of them, but Barkley more than the others where it's like, if, if this is the time where someone in your league is panicking and is kind of like freaking out and willing to, to maybe lower the value on Barkley, I'd be glad to, to scoop them up at a discount. I always say this, and I've said this on other pods, even this week, where like, I don't hate the player. I hate the value, right? Like everybody is worth acquiring on the waiver wire. Like, let's be honest, if Barkley's on your waiver wire, you're going to go get him, right? Like there's a limit. And you're going to yeah. spend something to get him, right? So I'm not saying that he's ever going to be on waivers. No one's going to drop Barkley. But I'm saying there is that obviously proves that he is worth something on your team. Uh, if someone in your league is is freaking out about Jacobs even, let's say, you know, Josh Jacobs' manager is looking at it like, man, I kind of, you know, I got to go all in this year. I can't afford to hold out. You know, maybe you can get him on the cheap and send somebody like, I don't know, like a Javante Williams or something for Josh Jacobs straight up. I could see something like that happening where it's like, well, you know what? Let me take the different risk with Javante. Maybe he doesn't play or maybe he's not that great, but he's a longer term asset. He's younger, yada, yada. You know, maybe something like that happens. I'd be fine with that. I mean, like adding risk now is the time to do it. And I think with with training camps just now opening up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see a lot more players kind of, you know, actually putting on pads and actually running routes and actually practicing. I think a lot of this talk is is bluster, right? Like this is really it's actionable in a way, but. I wouldn't be selling any of these guys. Like you drafted them, you have them on your team, you traded for them, whatever it is. Don't yeah. panic now. This is the wrong time to get out. And at the same time, I'm kind of with you. I don't think any of them hold out. I think all three of them play. I mean, Pollard has already signed to his franchise tag. Pollard for I, sure. Yeah, Pollard, yeah, Pollard seems to be the, the one who's like, yeah, I get it. I'm coming off the injury like I'm coming to play. Yep. And I think Pollard too kind of saw that last year with Zeke and everything. Like they paid a ton of money to Zeke and then they cut him. I think Pollard's like, yeah, they're not going to pay me. Like I just got to, I just got to earn my money on another team, maybe yeah. earn it here. You know, Pollard's the one I'm obviously the least afraid of, but I do think he's the third best in talent in a sense, where like you obviously would rather have Barkley and Jacobs in a perfect vacuum. But I think too, if you can go get Barkley on the cheap, now's the time to do it. Right. That's where I'm saying like, man, this is, this is that prime time of season when blurbs become reality when they're not. And that's kind of where we're, we're looking at this. The only the only time it might actually affect my decision is if like I'm doing a startup right now, which I mean, mm. I, I am doing a startup right now. Um, it didn't end up actually becoming like a decision for me. But like maybe you value Josh Jacobs and another player at the top of your queue approximately the same. And you don't go with Josh Jacobs just because of that tiny bit of what if risk. Uh, that you decide to go the other way and use it as, as a tiebreaker in a startup um, where you actually, you know, this person is going on your team, you know, when, it, yep. when you're talking about trading for or, or trading away, like you already have them or you don't have to have them. So like it, it becomes an easier decision, but in a startup is the only place like I'm even really thinking about it. Well, and I don't mind at all using some of this as like a tiebreak, right? Where you're like, Hey, you know, I've got these two players, you know, let's say Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. Who do I pick? I might lean Taylor now as opposed to Barkley, but that was already going to be like a coin flip kind of decision anyway. And I'm just putting out names. I'm not saying that's a true right. thing. I'm just saying like, if you're on the fence about one or the other, and you know, maybe Jacobs or Ramondre Stevenson or something you're like, man, which one do I go with? Maybe you lean Ramondre now. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Like there's, there's nothing wrong with using any of this news as a slight leverage, but it's so small. I wouldn't really freak out about it. Uh, the other news that I want to talk about, of course, when it comes to, you know, 
contracts, I guess, was Hopkins signed a new contract. And I think DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee is an interesting one. We talked about it a little bit last week with Andrew Cooper, who is obviously the tight end whisperer. And he was mentioning an angle that I hadn't really considered, but it makes sense, was that Hopkins signing doesn't really hurt Burks as much as it might hurt Chigakonku, right? Where now Chig is in the top two target getter on that offense. Yep. He's almost definitely going to be a third option, maybe even fourth. If you want to count Derrick Henry, maybe they choose something different. I'm not saying they will, but um, I guess in that sense, like, Maybe let's start with this. Are you in on Hopkins in Tennessee or is it someone that, that you know, he went there, he's a, a, a veteran receiver, he must see something, he wants to win, all this. Like, are you buying Hopkins on this news or are you more likely to sell him, I guess? Uh, I was trying to buy Hopkins a month ago, two months ago. Um, at this point, it, it, maybe you still get a decent price if uh, whoever has Hopkins is disappointed in the landing spot. It's not the best spot, but it's fine. Like, he's, like, obviously the number one target to me. Um I, but like, I've already, yeah, like I've already had the expectation of him going somewhere in his value raising. So like, this doesn't change anything for me in like my rankings. Same for Traylon Burks. Um, because this, first off, this does not preclude Traylon Burks from having a breakout second year. Uh, number two, we are thinking of this is dynasty. So we're thinking a little bit more long term. Uh, still like the talent in Burks. I mean, or if you like the talent in Burks, uh, that doesn't change because of this. Um, I think it does hurt his prospects for this year a little bit, but I think it also like makes the overall offense way better. It, I think it makes it so that we're definitely getting Ryan Tannehill until they're for sure out of the playoff race. Um, like that was an actual scare prior to this move, I think, was that the the team was just going to be so bad that Tannehill could get pulled at any moment. But now I think the offense will be good enough. Um, that team always seems to play above what they are on paper, be competitive. Uh, I really think the Ryan Tannehill is basically going to be starting until they are for sure knocked out of the playoff race. And yep. then maybe we get Will Levis. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins can open up the offense for both Hopkins and Chig, uh, maybe make them a little bit, more efficient than they would have been on their opportunities, but their opportunities are definitely going down uh, in my opinion at this point, uh, especially Chig. Uh, I fully agree with what Coop said there. Um, I know like I've seen some people trying to say, well, like why does adding a wide receiver uh, make the tight end worse? Well, it's like, well, he's obviously dropping down to third target, unless you think he's going to be a better target earner than Traylon Burks, which I just don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, it's going to knock his volume down to a point where he has to be hyper-efficient to be worthwhile in your lineups. Well, and I know one of the arguments I saw on Twitter this week was that, well, Hopkins joining the team increases their offensive output and increases the chances of them getting first downs and in the red zone and touchdowns. And I'm like, I don't disagree with any of that logic. Like that narrative makes sense to me, but a smaller, a smaller slice of a bigger pie doesn't really wow me. Like I'm not really excited about this. If you're taking, let's say it's 100 targets that Hopkins is going to earn and and the offense is now 100 targets getting sent to Hopkins, they're not going to get sent as much to Chig. It just it's it can't be. You're not going to gain 100 targets because Hopkins joined your team. I just don't see that big of a difference happening. I mean, if that was the case, which I don't again, I don't know that that's true. I don't think we can go that analog with it. But even if that's the case, it still hurts Chig because his upside is limited dramatically like now Chig has to get his own targets which he was hoping to get anyway on a slower you know smaller offensive slice or you know bigger slice of a smaller offensive pie I guess to keep the analogy alive and it worries me like it just it makes it more like well there's more variance there's more you know downside here 
And and it's not that I hate Chig at all. I, I still think he's going to be a great tight end, but anybody after tight end four to tight end 20 is a great tight end in some weeks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, a, it's, it's ridiculous. All you need is one touchdown and 30 yards and you're a tight end one. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't take much to be a good tight end anymore. So I'm just thinking the upside for Chig is cut really bad with this, which again, it's not a negative on Chig. It's just the situation. Right. And that's where I'm, I'm a little worried. Yeah. You have to think about it schematically too, because yeah. now with DeAndre Hopkins, this changes, I think the way in which they will come out is like their base offense or like yep. the most the the sets that they come out with the most now, because Chigakonkwo, like even when we were excited to be putting him in our lineups last year, he was barely crossing 50% of snaps. I think he only actually did it in two games last year because like they don't put him in line a lot because he's not a good blocker. He's not a blocking tight end. He's purely a receiver. So if they're not running a lot, a lot of two tight end sets, Chig might not be even on the field. 50% of the time, uh, unless they want to put him in the slot. Is he a better slot receiver than Kyle Phillips? I don't know that I can say that confidently. Um, oh, and like, I, I, people love to um, take a crap on Kyle Phillips, but you know, like <laughs> legit, like pe- wide receivers who actually play the slot uh, is a lot different than your average tight end trying to play the slot. Um, some tight ends can do it really well. Not all tight ends can. You know, yep. everyone likes to think, oh, fast tight end, they can play the slot. That's not how it works. Um, so, yeah, it's just like the situation has changed dramatically with the single signing for Chig. Yeah. And I think, too, the the you hit on this before, but I want to circle back on this. I think this this actually helps Tannehill more than anybody, really. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think it really. I mean, I don't know if the, if Hopkins signing anywhere was going to help him. It was going to have to be somewhere like the Chiefs or the Bills or somewhere crazy where the, the value is just going to be insane. It, I don't think it helps Hopkins. Obviously, it helps to have a team, right? But it doesn't, like, boost his value. It definitely doesn't help Burks. It doesn't help Chig. I don't know if it helps Derrick Henry, maybe. But if anything, this is like, well, this is another weapon for Tannehill. And I'm kind of with you, like, to go back to that. Like, I think there's there's a chance that Tannehill plays the whole season, right? Which yeah. I don't know if I thought that two weeks ago, right? I, like, I certainly didn't. <laughs> I know there were a lot of people that were trying to get Tannehill off of me in some leagues. And I'm like, no, no, I want to hold on and see what goes on here. Because I just, I had a feeling that they were going to do something. Uh, I don't think they were yeah. going to sign any of the veteran running backs, but I think that the way that they were looking is like, they're either going to trade Tannehill for something and move him to a team that might need him or be a backup somewhere. Um, and I just, I didn't think that was going to happen or they add to the offense, which they clearly did. And again, I think the Titans have this weird mentality of like, they're, they're in that perpetual rebuild. Like they're the team in your dynasty league that always finished sixth. They're like, I'm in the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm right there. Like I just yeah. need one more piece. And it's like, no man, if you're way further. Down. You're way further than that from from doing this, but they're not going to do a full gutted rebuild. They're just not that kind of team. And yeah, I even, think I'm, I'm, even when they got that first seed, like nobody believed in the, in the, you know. Yeah, and I'm not even crapping on that. I think that was still well earned, but at the same time, yeah. it was a, a mirage. You know what I mean? Like, it just didn't feel yeah. right. Like, yeah, there was parts yeah. of that you're like, well, you you got lucky at a couple of places because you're yeah. playing the AFC South six games or you know whatever a year. Like, it's just I don't know. So my logic is it helps Tannehill. Uh, I'm also trying to acquire Malik Willis in almost every league I can, especially Superflex. But like, I think there's a chance that they either cut or, or trade him or something, and he becomes a backup somewhere else. I mean, there there are definitely still mm. some quarterback situations. Like Atlanta is one. I would be shocked and, and not shocked at all to see him go with Desmond Ritter and fight for something there. Or I don't know, maybe New England where Mac Jones is struggling and Bailey Zappi is not the answer. You know, like there's there's a, Washington, right? We've got some little question marks all over the place that might be an option for Malik Willis, who just didn't have a good fit in Tennessee. So to kind of keep on the quarterbacks, I'm definitely fine going Tannehill this year. 
in dynasty, you're, it's it's a it's a league dependent thing. I don't think you're really going to get much for him, so you might as well hold him. And you might be able to get somebody to give him up, but not now. Like you're going to have to wait a couple weeks until this news dies down before you can really acquire him for a fair value. But I don't mind Tannehill at all. And again, Willis is a deep flyer. I've seen him on waivers even in some leagues, where especially one QB leagues where. People are just kind of done. They're like, nah, he's the third QB I, now. I'm out, you know? I, I, I probably lean that way on Willis personally. I mean, if, you're, if your rosters are deep enough, I mean, he's worth just uh, putting on the benches. Every QB deserves a spot but, in my book yeah. on some of these but, teams. Uh, yeah. Tannehill, I think, is one of the better options to try and acquire if you're a competing team who had Kyler Murray yes. and you just need someone Great to bridge idea. the gap. Yep. I like that a lot. And then the third option, I'm going to bring this up because obviously I'm a Bengals fan. If you're watching live on YouTube or on Twitter, I'm a Bengals fan. I don't think I'm hiding it. Uh, Mixon (laughs) takes a pay cut. I have no idea. I know it's shocking, but Mixon taking a pay cut. I think this is interesting to me because it it guarantees him on the roster this year and next year for, you know, four and a half million instead of nine million. I got him rounding about numbers don't matter as much, as much as the half, as much as what he was given or what he was expected. To me, this says to, to again, uh, kind of assuming things here, right? If Mixon is willing to take a pay cut, it must be because he sees this team is is where he wants to be, and he sees this team is like the best possible chance for him to win a ring. I don't mind that at all. I agree. Again, as a Bengals fan, they're in that window right now, and as a running back, you want to be on a team that's in that window because we've just talked about running backs before with Barkley, Jacobs, and Pollard. But it's like. Your, your lifespan is pretty short. And if you can get a contract that's two years, even if it's your one-year contract spread over two years, it guarantees you in there with some incentives, right? You can still make some extra money, but it gives you a chance to win a title. I don't see why you wouldn't say that. And then Mixon's had his own fair share of off-the-field issues. If he goes on the free market, I don't know what he's going to get. He, again, if you're looking right. at guys like Zeke and Fournette and Kareem Hunt that are on the waivers right now, not even on waivers, just free agents, right? If Mixon gets added to that pile, is he the first one signed? I doubt it. Right. So my logic is this is Mixon saying, hey, I'll give you guys a discount if you let me stay. You know, like yeah, you're, the cool yeah, kids. you're the cool kids at the cool kids table at lunch. Yeah, and I, sit I don't want to go. Cool? <laughs> yeah. Just don't let me leave. Just don't just please don't don't, let, don't kick me out. Um, and again, I think of that, too, with with Mixon, especially and, and with this uh, offense and everything like he's the prime fit for this because he's not going to distract too much, but he's going to distract enough. He's, he's worthy to get people to stack the box and open it outside, but they can't do that because Chase and Higgins are out there like. It, it's a it's a perfect like Sophie's choice kind of situation, right? Like, well, did we just double team both the guys and let Mixon run free on a new offensive line? You know, like we just got bolster this offensive line, or do we stack the box and let Higgins get open? Like, it, it, you're screwed, right? Um, and again, there's nobody behind him as much as there was with Piran in the past. You got Chase Brown, who's a fifth round pick, that doesn't really bode a lot of confidence. And then you got Travion Williams and. Uh, Chris Evans and other guys, it's like none of them are really threats. So this is Mixon's yeah. job. And I, I I, actually would be doing exactly what Mixon's doing. I'll take a discount. Let me stay here. Let me earn my spot. Let me earn my roster. And I'll be happy with that. So what do you think about Mixon before we move on to the uh, actual meat and potatoes of the show? Today? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it in, in how that deal happened to work out for them. Uh, and that he's just like, yeah, just let me stay. But please, <laughs> um, hopefully you were investing in Joe Mixon earlier in the offseason because yeah. he was honestly very cheap. Um, I mean, yeah, there was like some risk to some like legal trouble, but I always kind of felt like it was never that big of a real risk for him to miss any real time or anything or that he would be going anywhere. It just never really yeah. made sense. Like I thought the only actual fear was that uh, 
the league would suspend him for for something that he did. I never thought like him being released was an issue, like uh, an actual fear, um, which which was talked about. Uh, and he was like really cheap. Like even if you look on like underdog, you know, like he oh, was like yeah. a seventh round pick early in the yep. off season, and which was wild. And like in dynasty, obviously he was very cheap, very attainable for a long period of time. It's not going to be that way anymore. So like you can't really, uh, you know, invest now. Maybe you're a team that doesn't want to have Joe Mixon on your team anymore, and you can. Jake, how's it going? You yes, now this is an opportunity to get out of the Joe Mixon business. If like you just don't need him on your team, you're not a competing team or whatever, or you're, uh, or it's just uh, an excess asset on your team. You can maybe you know flip it now, but investing in the, that times has passed. That's an interesting point too. This might be a sell window only because, and I don't want to put this in the world. So I almost don't want to say it, but we have a lot of injuries still to come. Uh, it happens every year. There's always some crazy injury that happens. Mixon has a little bit of injury history. I'm not saying he's injury prone because I don't necessarily believe sure. that, but there are definitely some crazier things that have happened. We've seen it happen in, in really good teams have their running back for whatever reason in practice, training camp, what have you. This might be your best window to get out on Mixon only because I don't know if his value goes up much from here. I think this might be the bump that you're going to get because there, like yeah. you said, there is still off the field stuff, right? There is still, I mean, again, I don't think it's going to happen. I, you know, it's a long shot, but we've seen the NFL do crazy weird stuff before. So maybe there's a three game suspension or something that's going to lower his value. And if the, if he starts out kind of cold and chase Brown hits the ground running, maybe he doesn't, it's a 50 50 split instead of 70 30, that could hurt his value. Like, I don't see what could happen from here to add to his value is what I'm saying. I, again, he'd have to have like a hell of a week one and a hell of a week two to be like, okay, now he's an RB one. I don't think anyone's going to fall for that because they've seen Mixon and fallen for it before, I guess. So I'm looking at it like this might be your, your cell window, especially if you're a rebuild team. And yeah, again, we, we talk about this all the time, especially on this show, but like selling running backs in the off season is by far the better way to go. Right. If you've got yeah. running backs in, in June and, and July, like we're in now, get rid of them, man. You can get them back for, you know, half the time you have to value you spend on them. Uh, we were talking about this back in January and February, even like just sell running backs, put it into a more accruable asset. Like running backs are so risky and we're seeing it actually turn up a lot now. Right. Mm -hmm. Hopkins just signed with Tennessee, but what other receivers are still free agents? Hell, Odell Beckham got a great contract and Odell <laughs> Beckham is getting value out of nowhere, but we've literally got like Zeke, Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Barkley, Jacobs, Pollard, all these guys that are kind of in the question mixing, right? All these guys are in these question mark spaces, whereas receivers are kind of like, no, we're good. Now, granted, Jordan Addison did get a speeding ticket this morning, which is not good. And I don't yeah. want to get into that today because we don't know enough. Not, it's not even just a speeding ticket. I mean, it's... no, it, it's a big one, right? And there is <laughs> yeah. a chance that more is coming, but it's too new for us to, in my mind, it's too, yeah. too new for me to really get Can't into really it. Um, but the point I'm still getting at is that was a fluke thing of entirely different things. But in general, running backs are riskier assets. And I think and, and most dynasty people are aware of this, especially junkies that listen to this show, like you and me, Wyatt. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're big fans of getting rid of running backs and trading them for, for better assets that hold value in the offseason. But again, now might be the time to start pivoting and looking at running backs that you can get on the cheap. I don't think that's mixing now. If you have mixing, now's yeah. the time to sell them. See if you can get rid of them for more. I mean, if you can do Mixon in a second for Barkley or something like trade Mixon on the high for Barkley on the low, that would be ideal. Now, again, I don't think that trade that. gets done. I'm just using it as an as a base, right? Like Mixon and Jaden Reed in a second for Barkley. You know, like whatever you got to do. That's the kind of trade I'd be happy to make right now. Where if somebody's for panicking sure. on Barkley and is like Mixon just signed, he's in for two years. 
I'm fine with that. And that's the kind of trade to be looking to make. So on that, is there anything else with Mixon or just in news in general you want to hit on before we move on to the I'll, show? I'll just to finish up Mixon, kind of to your point about like if he was released, would he really separate himself from some of the other running backs out there? And I'm no. not really sure that he would. I really like, don't think he's, so. He's definitely one of these running backs where at the surface level stats look fine, but that's basically just because of all the volume he got. If you look at any of the advanced metrics, he is average at best, basically. Uh, he was pretty good early in his career, but his efficiency, everything he does has really kind of fallen off. Well, and something else I'll mention on Mixon real quick is I love him in best ball because he does get those big weeks sometimes. Like, again, when you shut down the passing game and we, again, we, I said we as a Bengals fan, but like Bengals have a new offensive line and there is some potential that he could get even more volume because P Ryan's not there. So there are going to be, I'm sure there are going to be games where he gets three touchdowns and a hundred yards and something like and you're going to start him in, in most lineup leagues anyway. But in best ball, it's even easier because you don't have to worry about it, right? Those bad weeks, you don't have to worry about as much. And the good weeks, you're going to get. So I love mixing in best ball. I've always loved him in best ball. Because, again, this offense is so high-powered. You know, you can go up 24 nothing at the half, and they put in, you know, backup quarterback, and Mixon's still in there for some unknown reason. And he gets three touchdowns in the second half. I mean, it's it, garbage time. Still counts the same. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But again, running back's risky. That's really what we're taking away from this. And that's the best part of the news in my book. So with that, we're going to pivot into our meat and potatoes of the night. We're talking about AFC quarterbacks. I know I didn't mention it off the top because I felt like it was kind of obvious. If you're listening to the show or watching, you've already seen this. You already get this. We're talking AFC QBs. And what better way to pivot from mixing to the QBs in my book? <laughs> we have a glut of terrific QBs in the AFC. So this show is kind of stacked in my opinion, in terms of quarterbacks. Um, I'm going to read through the first up to QB 10. And again, this is using you know, DLF who you write for, right? DLF QD, or, sorry, DLF ADP from June, the July ADP isn't on the site, at least when I put the show sheet together. So we're still using June ADP, but I don't think it's going to change much anyway. Um, but here's the, the top 10 at least, which we're going to put all in one big group. Cause there's a ton of them. QB1, Patrick Mahomes, no shock. QB2, Josh Allen, no shock. QB4, Joe Burrow, not shocking there either. QB5, Lamar Jackson. QB6, Justin Herbert. QB7, Trevor Lawrence. QB9, Anthony Richardson, the only rookie in the top 10. And QB10, Deshaun Watson. Now, I know that I am a Bengals fan. It's pretty clear. I, I looked. Yep, I'm a Bengals fan. You live up near Cleveland. I believe you're still a Cleveland fan, correct? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, yes. There are three quarterbacks in the AFC North in the top 10 in DLF ADP in Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Yeah. This is a murderer's row of a division. <laughs> There's nobody else that has this. Like You could say Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, of course. So yeah, I get that. But then you got Trevor Lawrence and Anthony Richardson. I guess that could be a burgeoning kind of battle in a sense. But yeah. three of the top 10 in the AFC North, Ah, it's a brutal, brutal stretch. So I guess we'll talk about a few of these, but which one do you want to talk about first? Which one of these rankings, I guess, stands out? Or which QB do you feel like makes the most sense, the least sense? Where do you want to start? Uh, the thing that sticks out for me is I would have Deshaun Watson over Anthony Richardson. Uh, I get Anthony Richardson's infinite ceiling. Uh, the fact is that we've <laughs> seen Deshaun Watson give us the elite ceiling we want uh, for multiple years in a row. Yes, last year was absolutely terrible. <laughs> he looked really bad. He looked very rusty. The amount of time off of football will do that to you. Um, I think him being able to have the full offseason, them catering the offense to him, which is kind of wild to say that they didn't do it last year, but they didn't. 
uh, because they couldn't. Um, they knew that they would only have him for uh, part of the season and had to also build an offense for Jacoby Brissett to start the season. So you can't really try to implement two offenses. You kind of have to just have the one, right? Um, so them actually being able to implement an offense specifically for Deshaun Watson, um, they say that they're going to, all the reports are that they're going to be passing much more this year than they have under Stefanski. Um, really kind of put the offense in Deshaun Watson's hands. We know he has the elite ceiling, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I just have like no doubts, or I should, I shouldn't say I don't have no doubts. Uh, I, I have very little worry about the type of season we'll get from Deshaun Watson. I think you at least have to worry about the rookie season you'll get from Anthony Richardson. Now, I think the argument you could make for Anthony Richardson is that because he is a rookie so young, if he shows any kind of promise, like he's not going down in value. Uh, he would have to be really bad. Oh, for he'd him have to, to have drop. a terrible season. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Trey I mean, Lance like, season, right? Like something yeah. just like, oh my God. Yeah. If he's just playing, <laughs> like he's, he's <laughs> probably going to maintain yeah. value. I mean, essentially it happened with Trevor Lawrence, right? Um, his rookie year was dreadful and it yeah. really didn't matter. At least now Trevor Lawrence at least had like, you know, the prestige of what kind of prospect he was coming into the NFL was seen as a can't miss prospect. Uh, Anthony Richardson, there is the the inexperienced element to him, his game, to his prospect profile. So there is real reason for concern with him coming to the NFL. With that said, I think he did land in like a perfect spot uh, that he could have, honestly, going to the Colts. But even with all that, I am just going to, I would rather bet on a more known uh, quant, uh, quantity in uh, in Deshaun Watson. Well, I want to say this too, and I, I I don't disagree with you at all, actually. I think the unproven Anthony Richardson is an interesting choice to put in the top 10 already, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the Colts are a great team. I mean, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, uh, Alec Pierce, right? Like, they got, they got some guys that can maybe make this happen. Um, but I'm kind of with you. And as much as I don't like Deshaun Watson for a number of reasons, but he's just inconsistent yeah. and he's, I don't know, I don't know what his floor is. You know, like, I don't know how how excited he is about this all that aside he does have a full off season this year like you said and i think that's going to help this team a lot the browns and i think that's going to help deshaun watson a lot to have more consistency and to like get a full install of everything i think that's going to help so i'm kind of with you i'm surprised to see richardson over watson myself do you feel like richardson belongs in the top 10 let's say we put watson ahead of him but do you feel like richardson is still a, is is he worthy of a top 10 not looking at Watson or is that still a little bit too high for you? Cause it's a little high for me. If I'm being honest, I do not have him in my top 10. He's yeah. I, I, I don't think at, I could do it yet either. I yeah. am the 12. Yeah. I actually have Kyler and Dak Prescott ahead of him still. Um, I Kyler Murray. That's one, another one where it's just like every time he's on the field, he's been elite yes. at, at scoring fantasy points. I don't really care. I expect him to play players. Don't just sit out. Teams don't want players to sit out like that. Like I mean, there could be a Call of Duty tournament or something. I mean, maybe he's got something <laughs> yeah. else bigger than that going on, right? I just I, could yeah. be, I, could be. Yeah, maybe I'm with you. Takes I'm a with little you. bit longer, but yeah, like coaches want to win, players want to win, uh, GMs want to win. They, the t- owners want to sell tickets. Like Kyler Murray's going to play this year. I'm pretty, <laughs> Shocker, I'm pretty confident yeah. about that. Yeah. And Dak Prescott, I think, despite him having a kind of a bad year last year is still a very good quarterback and I think pretty reliable uh, when it comes to actually scoring fantasy points for your team. Like I said, that the floor still exists for Anthony Richardson to just not be very good. He, 
And as I mentioned, I did say, you know, he will probably maintain value no matter what, but like he could be bad enough that he's not helping your fantasy team that much. Well, let, let's talk about it this direction. Let's let's say all the cards fall exactly right. Let's say everything is is perfect for Anthony Richardson. Where would you put him if you knew, for instance, let's say you knew there was no injuries to anyone on his team. Uh, you knew Jonathan Taylor was a stud, RB3 or something like that. Let's say Michael Pittman was a wide receiver 12, right? Like at the fringe of that, like which again is a pretty good stretch. Let's say every possible thing goes right for Anthony Richardson, who is a runner, by the way. Uh, where yeah. would you put him as like, what would be his ceiling for you? Because I, I kind of have an idea where I'm at, but I'm curious, like, again, best possible outcome. I'm not saying this is where you're ranking him, but like everything goes right. Where would you put Let's, Andrew Richardson? Uh, I'm going to amend this to best possible realistic outcome. Because like best possible fair. outcome. Fair, fair, fair. No, that, yeah, that's fair. Run for a thousand. Everybody is keeping <laughs> one in the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Realistic. Uh, yes. Let's so like realistic. realistically, like, I mean, let's say he throws for 3000 yards, 20 touchdowns, only like 12 interceptions, but he runs for 800 yards and our six touchdowns, something like that. Like that would be like a really good season, like an incredible. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely realistic. I would probably have him at QB four. That's where I'm at too. Actually, that's what I was going to say too. Like QB four ahead of Lamar Jackson, because I think the options in, in, in Indianapolis are a little better in my book, as much as, there's a lot of hoopla about everything going on. And obviously Mark Andrews is a stud and Odell Beckham and all this, but I just feel like that the team is a little bit better for the Colts. I think the defense might still be a little bit better. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if Anthony Richardson is younger, he's going to be given a longer leash. Uh, Lamar Jackson might not be, I don't want to say allowed to run. That's not quite how it works, but they might not call as many runs for Lamar Jackson as they might for Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think his upside is that QB four kind of range. I'm with you. Like, I think that if you're looking at his QB four ceiling, it's hard not to draft him at QB nine, right? But Hey, he could be QB four. That's a good deal. But his You're floor right. is QB 30. Like, like a lot of right. QBs, right? Like his floor could just be a terrible year. Like where he just doesn't, he, he's, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to put this in the world, but he could be Malik Willis. We don't know. Right. Like yeah. he could have just a really rough go. And, and especially with rookie quarterbacks, especially someone hit, you know, they traded up for, they really want this guy and all this, that's a lot of pressure on a rookie and that could wear on him too, on the off the field stuff. So, I think Richardson at QB nine is pretty, pretty good. I don't, I mean, we're getting nitpicky. I don't really care if you're eight, 12, whatever, like you're in that same range in my book. Yeah. Right? It, so like, that is close. like pretty much a tier. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, like personally in mine, it's a different tier, but like, I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a, a larger tier uh, of that. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, like probably that basically QB nine to like, QB 15 down to Tua, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. I, like, I bet that's a tier for people. Well, and that's kind of where I wanted to go next because I think I feel like these top 10 quarterbacks, I mean, we don't need to talk about Mahomes. We don't need to talk about Allen. We don't need to talk about Burrow as much as I would love to, right? Like those guys are locks. Like nobody's up, nobody's going to get worried. Man, is he QB3 or QB4? It, you're good, right? Like that's Lamar Jackson. You could get into a little bit of discussion. Like, does he still have the running? Is their offense is going to be different with Monken, but QB5, okay, fine. I'm fine with that, right? Lamar, uh, Justin Herbert at six. I get it. Trevor Lawrence at seven. I get it. Like none of yeah. these guys really have a lot of discussion in my book, but was there anybody else in this top 10 that you want to like hit on or bring up or discuss real quick before we move on? Cause I'm kind of good to be honest. Like there's not a lot of, yeah, I mean, my, my rankings match the rest of that top 10. So like, I, I, I honestly don't have much to say. And I think we're, we're maybe the best way I'll park. This is those rankings make sense. Trust the rankings and don't overthink it. Right. Yeah. Like, let, let's be clear. Like, if you want to take Joe Burrow one overall, I totally love it. You must be a Bengals fan like me. I get it. 
I'm not going to argue with you. Like it, it, it's not, we're not going to get into that. I'm just saying like, to me, the only real discussion was exactly what you said, Richardson Watson, like that, to me, that was where it gets kind of like, Ooh, that could be a topic because Richardson is a rookie in the top 10. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure on a kid. So speaking of rookies, I want to pivot to the next group. Uh, there's three that I want to put together here. And that's uh, QB 14, CJ Stroud rookie QB 15, Tua Tagovailoa and QB 19, Russell Wilson. I feel like all three of these guys are different than the other. We've got rookie CJ Stroud. We've got younger and possibly better upside Tua and then veteran quarterback Russell Wilson. So maybe the best way to start here is, do you agree with this ranking of 14, 15, 19 for these guys? Or do you feel like that's wildly off according to what you have? Uh, my rankings are all within one spot of all of these. So I think I think they're pretty good. Yeah, and I think the, the only the point... Yeah, and the only point I would make here is C.J. Stroud at 14 feels a little high to me because that Houston team is, I don't know, just a little bleak, if I'm being honest. Like, there's just, there's not a lot there. You know, like, I'm a little worried. You got Robert Woods, or the ghost of Robert Woods. Uh, you got Damian Pierce, right? You got Nico Collins. Like, there's a lot of good players on this team, but just, I'm not sure how much I want to trust C.J. Stroud. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not crapping on the guy. Like, I say this all the time. He's better at that position. He's better at football than I'll ever be at anything. Like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm I, just saying think, at 14, it seems like dude. a ceiling to me. I th I think he's that, like, I think that CJ Stroud is an incredible passer, a very high level passer so much so that I think that he lifts bad assets into being, or bad weapons into being better. Um, I think the only concern for CJ Stroud is what, what is the realistic ceiling? Because if he's just a pocket passer, that only gets you so high. Uh, so like, is he a Dak Prescott level rusher? Can he do that like early career Dak Prescott mm. or is he just, you know, less than 200 yards rushing a year? Uh, you might get a couple rushing touchdowns like that, that. That truly determines what his ceiling is to me, because I think that he is such a good processor. So accurate with the football that like, I think just base level QB play, uh, he, he'll be fine. And I don't have really worries about that. I think the, op the weapons, while obviously not ideal are, Okay, you have some things like Dalton Schultz is a nice safety valve. I like Nico True. Collins yep. enough. Uh, John Mechie could be really good, and we just don't know yet. Um, after that, it gets really shaky <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in the passing game, <laughs> but at least there's that. Um, and I think, you know, Damien Pierce, Devin Singletary is enough of a backfield to to keep the offense moving. So like, I, I do have some hope for him. It's just, it's just, what is the actual ceiling? We'll find well, out. We'll know like right away the kind of player he is, if he's actually running or not. I think he's capable. And we saw it in that Georgia game that he's absolutely capable of actually adding something with his legs and making plays. It's just a matter of if it happens in the NFL. I think a lot of the reason that he's QB 14 in, in dynasty rankings right now is because of his age. He's a rookie. Right. He's got so much upside. He's got so much potential. It's that classic, you know, family guy situation. Where it's like, well, I could have this guy, but I might as well like, let's go for the box. It could be anybody, including a boat. Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. kind of where I, I go with CJ Stroud. Like he could be a guy, which is nice, but we don't know that. And that offense is, like I said, not great. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Kenny Pickett in a minute, but let's just compare the two like offensively wise, right? You've got Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary or Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I lean sealers on that one. I mean, I, I think yeah, Najee Harris is better, right? For sure. And then you the got receivers. Sealers, yeah. Yeah, you got the weapons for the sealers. You got Pickens and Deontay Johnson. I mean, I kind of lean 
Pickens and Deontay Johnson over Robert Woods and Nico Collins, right? Like, I don't think that's asking too much. And then you got mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth in Pittsburgh versus Dalton Schultz. I kind of like Pat. Like, if all the weapons are better, I get that Kenny Pickett's got small hands. Let's move on, guys. But at the same time, Kenny Pickett is QB 22, which is what we're going to get into in our next batch. But CJ Stroud is 14. I, I just don't see it. I guess part of that is the optimism that the Houston Texans are going to do something correct and going to draft the right players. I'm out, man. I'm telling you, I've seen so many times where teams screw that up. I, I'm just, especially the Texans, my God, I'm just not there. I think 14 is Stroud's ceiling. Like this is, to me, this is way too high. I just, well, we, it's way we too need high to get in the league together where you have yes. CJ Stroud and I have, uh, I don't know, maybe Tua and we'll, 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 we'll trade well, those. Perfect pivot because in my mind, Tua should be above Stroud too, right? Tua has Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, like Devin A. Chain, even if Dave, Dalvin Cook doesn't go there, like, that team is stacked right now. There might be two wide receiver ones on the Dolphins, and he's behind C.J. Stroud, which might have two wide receiver twos. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, I just don't follow this. Now, again, I'm not I'm not harping on anybody's particular ranking. I'm just saying, like, I'd much rather take Tua at 15 than Stroud at 14, right? Like, I just see Tua's ceiling as QB3, QB4. I don't know that about Stroud. I just... Again, even if I look at it like everything goes right for Stroud, he needs DeAndre Hopkins to get to QB3. He needs somebody to land there. And I just don't think that offense is built for him to be QB3. It just isn't. I'm sorry. Like, it's just they're not there. Now, granted, granted, it's a rookie who doesn't have any concussions like Tua, who doesn't have the age like Russell, right? He hasn't been burned as much, and he might have a 10-year career in Houston where they actually turn it around. I get all of that upside. All I care about in Dynasty is this year and maybe next. Like, let's let's be serious. I'm not ever going to – I trade way too much. I'm an addict. I'm a junkie. This is how we do. I'm not going to have somebody on my team for 10 years. It's just not how I build my teams. I'm moving everybody all the time. So at that point, now is the prime time to move C.J. Stroud in my book. If I can move C.J. Stroud for two a plus a piece every – freaking day i'm doing that trade every day yeah, if you i'll say like while i do have cj stroud ahead of tua um part of it is the concussions part of it yep, is yep. the unknown actual ceiling for cj stroud which where i think we do kind of know what it is for tua because we know he does not run uh he could be an extremely efficient passer and maybe that is able to last throughout the season like if we get early season tua for the entire year that's different. Like I, I don't. I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm saying like I guess I'm a little bit uh, speculative that it's like act, would actually happen, like mm-hmm. that level of efficiency over an entire season. But like he, he obviously can be very good. Uh, it's just because I the unknown actual actual unknown ceiling for serious round. But I'll say that like when you're in that that pocket in that tier of QBs, if I can get a plus for one of them to trade away the other, I'll just do it. I, it, whatever, like, it doesn't matter. Like I don't, that, all yeah. my priors will go out the window at that point. If you want to give me a bonus to switch. Sure. Well, and that's kind of where I go with the same logic of if, if I would rather have Pickett's weapons to Stroud's weapons and Pickett is eight quarterbacks behind him in ranking, I can do Stroud for Pickett plus a really good piece. I might be very fine to pivot on that. I think Pickett is going underrated, which again, we'll get to in a minute, but I think Stroud is being overrated a little bit. Again, I'm not hating on Stroud. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm just saying the the offense around him is weaker. The upside is definitely there, but we, we literally right now don't know what that upside even is, which I think is where a lot of people go, 
we don't even know what his upside is. Like, that's not a positive, yeah, man. You still like, have to keep I, yourself in check with that. Yeah, like, hang on a minute. Like, yeah, we don't know what his upside is. That's exactly right. His upside could be QB 14, right? He could be. <laughs> I think Malik Willis was going QB 14 last it's, year. It right? is a real concern, right? That he's just like a good pocket QB. Which is fine. It. That's not a negative. Yeah. It's just a QB 14. I want somebody with more upside, to be honest. Like, if I'm going in that early QB 2 range, which, again, I, I have some dynasty leagues that I've, I've been in startups or, you know, how I've traded around and whatever. And like my QB one is Tua and I don't love it. Right. Like, but I also am like, well, you know, he's got Tyreek, he's got Waddle. I can sell myself on that being a QB one with Stroud as my QB one. I'm worried. I'm like, Oh, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't feel right in my gut. I don't know how else to put it. Um, With that, I want to talk for a second too about Russell Wilson at QB 19 right now in DLF ADP. I think Russell Wilson is one of those like sleeper quarterbacks. I think there's a chance that he could be, much better than QB 19, much like Tua even. Uh, him going at 19, though, makes sense to me, too, because he's got some downside. He's got a mm. really weird floor because we just saw it with with Judy and Sutton and, and Dolchitz and all this. Like That offense, to be honest, and for lack of a better term, sucked last year. It was just terrible. But they've got a new coach. They've got Sean Payton, and I think that they're going to – I think Sean Payton's going to turn this around. I think he doesn't go to this team for a one-year or – six month offensive struggle. Like it's going to be a long battle. And I think there's a lot of stuff with Russell Wilson uh, that I think a lot of people might've heard of. Like last season is a longtime trainer and friend like died in the off season. And it really rocked him. Like it really rough, rough made it rough for him to like get to his schedule and get in the rhythm of things. Cause the guy that he trained with wasn't there. And his train that matters so much to these guys, the, the like stability of an everyday routine and that routine got thrown out the window right before the season started in August. And I think that really messed with Russell Wilson. And that team, as we saw, was brutal. They fired their coach. They didn't like what they were doing. That team was just in disarray. So I think, much like I said with Deshaun Watson, if you give Russell Wilson a full offseason to kind of recover, get together with Sean Payton. Sean Payton did good things with Drew Brees, obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like I think there's a chance that Russell Wilson becomes a top 12 quarterback at the end of this year even in dynasty, because I think he just, he has the potential to do it and the offense to do it. And going at QB 19, I feel like is almost like disrespectful. Like we're looking at Russell Wilson's last year's season. And I don't know, I feel like his upside is much better than that, but where do you, I know you said you had Russell Wilson one away from this, but like, where do you put his realistic upside if we're going to use that term again? Yeah, I think he can be a top 12 QB this year. I think a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. Sure. Sure. Uh, it's a, it's a tough case because there's part of me that thinks that uh we got to see what russell wilson is when things aren't working correct and like we found out that he does not he's like incapable of changing who he is he just like is a qb who only is really looking for the big shot uh, i mean that's who he was in seattle just like he's he was yeah. so good at it that it didn't matter that's all he was trying to do but then he got to the Broncos and it wasn't working and he never adjusted. And like, he never took what the defense was giving it to him. Like there's the, that infamous play where they're like, what is it like on the posing 10 yard line? And there's like wide open receiver. He just never sees it. Yep. Like there's just like these awkward signs where it's like, I don't know. We're like, was Pete Carroll really hiding <laughs> this from us this entire time? And like the entire time we're saying, let Russ cook. Pete, Pete Carroll's back there going like, I've seen him cook before and it's not that good. So like, we're going to keep him, you know, behind, yeah. the, you know, behind scenes the way we're going to keep things the way they are. Um, 
So it really matters. Will he take what Sean Payton has to say? Because I think Sean Payton is the kind of coach. We've already seen a little bit. Like, Russell Wilson does not have his private office or whatever anymore. Like, Sean Payton's (laughs) going to come in and be like, no, this is what we're doing. Uh, If you don't want to do this, you can kick rocks. Um, Like, and that might be an option, have to be an option for them at uh, at some point. Like, Russell Wilson really is uh, on this downturn of his career. Um, They might have to have a really tough decision to make. Um. I think a lot of it also is put on the way the defenses are played these days, just looking oh, yeah. to purely take away the big plays. If that's the only thing that Russell Wilson is going to try and do, like obviously that's not going to, it's not going to work out too well, but he still has immense talent. He's one of the more efficient QBs that I've ever played in the NFL. <laughs> like that's still true. Um, he still even showed with that he a could... bad year last year, like even with yeah. a down year, he's still amazing. I still think he's a hall of famer. Yeah. I don't think, they, I don't think he I, can really get away from it. I agree. Yeah. Um, he, he's he got showed three he's, more years. I bet. Yeah. He showed, he still has his legs. He can still run around just fine. Uh, maybe he shouldn't do as much of it as he has in the past, just cause he's getting older, but he's still very capable of doing it. You look at the weapons around him and they're good, like legitimately good. Uh, I think Jerry Judy is a good player. Cortland Sutton is above average player. Tim Patrick has been good when he's been on the field. I really like Marvin Mims. I really like Greg Dulcich. Uh, Javante Williams is good, but he's, he's injured, but he'll be coming back. Samashi Purine was a nice addition. Like the offense is good. If you just look at it on paper, it's just a matter of all that comes together or not. And we have enough concern at this point where he is down in these rankings because of it, but like top 12, absolutely. That's, that's on the menu. Uh, yeah. a repeat of last year on the menu as well. Oh, so, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Sean Payton's been out of the game for a minute, right? There is a chance that that he goes to a new team, and much like we were, you know, with Belichick and Brady, right? Where it, it ends up being Breeze was the reason that Payton was so good, like we don't know that, right? Yeah, um, I'm just saying more like I trust that to work out better than it did last year, and I think Wilson, you know, had a rough year. Uh, I think if he has another rough year like that, he might just end up retiring and get out of this and be done. Cause it just, it didn't look like he was having fun. Right. You know, the whole, yeah, like, he uh, looked dejected a lot of times, like, well, and, like the press conferences, press conferences and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, it, it didn't look like he was into it. And I, I feel like that, that comes from the top, right. It comes from the coach. And I, I genuinely think again, not that things have to all go right, but I think they're more likely to go right this year is kind of where I'm going with Russell Wilson. Like, his upside is more likely to happen, more realistic, however you want to word it, right? Um, but again, I, I don't think that Russell Wilson is going to, you know, I'm not I'm not saying go get him as a QB1. That's not my point. I'm saying if you can get him at QB19 and then get a QB1 season out of him, you're going to be happy with that. But if you get him at QB19 and he puts up a QB21 season, you're fine with that too, right? Because at this range, you're kind of just hoping for upside. And I think his upside is better than a lot of players. And actually, that's the pivot we're going to use to this next, this last batch uh, of QBs in the DLF ADP. Uh, Kenny Pickett, QB 22. Aaron Rodgers, QB 24. Mac Jones, QB 26. Will Levis, the aforementioned Will Levis, at QB 29, which is impressive. And Jimmy Garoppolo at QB 31. So we could spend an hour talking about each one of these guys because the question marks are so ridiculous. And again, the exact opposite of the top of this list. Like the opposite is like the top of this list is no questions. These guys all have questions one way or another, right? Kenny Pickett, we talked about the small hands and do we think he's the future? And we don't know. 
Aaron Rodgers could quit in week four and go run an ayahuasca <laughs> plant somewhere. Mac Jones could be literally on the waiver wire in week five and, and Bill Belichick is fired. Will Levis might not even have a team by week two. Jimmy Garoppolo could twist his ankle in week three and never play again. So like all of these guys have question marks, but, and I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole in any of these, but I guess, is there anybody on this list that you see that still might have QB one potential? Maybe that's the place to start. Any of these guys that you feel like is a steal in a sense in your leagues. I, th- I think those are different questions. QB one potential. I'll say the person who has the highest chance of doing it this year is Aaron Rodgers. Agreed. Yep. Uh, but you might, you, that might be it. You might have, you might get like one good year out of him and then that's it. You may be yeah. two. Maybe he's rejuvenated being with, being with the jets, but that's why he's down here. Right. Cause we just like exactly. literally have no idea what yep. point the career is over. Too many not question just, marks. Not yep. just, he's not like worth playing. It's like literally he's not in the NFL anymore. So that's, that's, that's a, uh, that's a, that can be a problem, but, Price wise, Mac Jones is my favorite out of this group personally. And I agree too. I love it. <laughs> yes. I don't think enough can be said for how bad of a coach Matt Patricia is oh. and how he just submarines offenses and teams in general and how he was never cut out to be an offensive coordinator. I, 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 I'm trying to remember the exact like inner workings of how this stuff, like how it works for the Patriots, but I think essentially like part of the reason why this happened is because. He was still being paid by Detroit, so because of that, they could get away with hiring him and not paying him. Right, right. Um, there was some contract they manipulation they were able to pull. Yeah, yeah, which might explain why they didn't have a true offensive coordinator yeah, last year. Um, but Bill O'Brien being there now as OC, I think, is such a big deal. Just him being a legitimately a legitimate offensive coach, an offensive coordinator, is a big deal for Mac Jones. Um, I think the offense is going to look quite similar to it did last year schematically player wise. It's very similar. You know, they switched out Jacoby Myers for Juju Smith Schuster. Those are redundant players. Um, maybe we get some improvement from um, Taekwon Thornton. I'm kind of hoping for it, honestly. Yeah, me too. Yes. I, I invested into Come on, Tyke. <laughs> that's, that's my like dirty. No one cares. This player is terrible, but I'm yeah. going to invest anyways. Cause I can like tell myself this narrative type of player yeah. for me. Yeah. Paint yourself a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, but the, the only thing about with Mac though, is like he could be a really good QB too. And that's about it. Right. But at this price, it's pretty good. Like if you buy in at QB 26 and he, he lives in like QB 16 to 18 range year to year, like you're going to be happy. I'm that happy you did as that. hell with that. Yeah. And you could just like, yeah, I just have that now for the next few years. Then great. Like you're pumped about it. Everybody else, like I have a little bit more concern about Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned, the, the weapons are really, really good. I'll say, I think his ceiling is about the same as Mac Jones. Um, just because I, I don't think he's a very good passer, just like in general. Uh, I think he's like mediocre at best, but he runs a little bit, which is nice. The thing that he's one of these odd cases where we'll go look at how highly we're drafting all of his weapons. Why aren't we drafting this QB higher? Right. And it's because you have to think about what his actual ceiling is with the con- offense being condensed. You can have those weapons all have good years at their costs. And can he pick it only have a ceiling of QB 16 or whatever, like with Mac Jones. And it's like, okay, well, then how highly do you draft a player like that? Um, that's the only issue for, for me with Kenny Pickett. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. If Kenny Pickett is QB 22 and Mac Jones is QB 26, 
I'd rather have Pickett. I get why he's 22. Like kind of, you know, putting the same kind of thing, what you were saying, like his offensive weapons are better. I think his future prospects are better. He has probably has a longer leash than Mac Jones. But if I miss on Kenny Pickett and Mac Jones is there, you know, on the sixth or eighth round, whatever, like you're looking at your QB two and you're like, and I just did this actually in a, a SFB 13 mirror league where like a best ball league, right. Where it's like, I think Mac Jones has some potentially like really good upside, even with, you know, the likes of Taquan Thornton, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, like all these guys, right. Uh, they got Mike Gesicki, which I think could be a big, actually a really big helper for Mac Jones in my book. Uh, and Ramondre Stevenson is obviously going to demand a lot of coverage and, and make the box be full for him. And, and I think he's the best player on the team. But Mac Jones at price QB 26, I don't know. I feel like his, his ceiling, like you said, his ceiling is the same as Kenny Pickett. And you get him four QBs later. I don't mind that, right? Like his his offensive weapons are not as good. Like, let's be clear. Like, I don't, I'd rather have Mac Jones on the Steelers than Kenny Pickett on the Patriots, right? Yeah. But I think if you're going, you know, if you're going to wait a little longer and sometimes too, when you're in drafts and you know, you're, you're at the ends and there could be a QB run where Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett and Aaron Rodgers all go before you get to pick again. You're like, well, Mac Jones, here we go. Like that, that I don't mind that. Right. Like I don't hate that because the next QB is in at least in AFC terms is QB 29 with Will Levis. Holy crap. Like if you, if you're telling me Mac Jones or Will Levis, it's Mac Jones every day of the week. Like Will Levis might not even have a job. And then it's funny to me because Jimmy Garoppolo is behind Will Levis. Like, how is that a thing? Like, I'm just confused yeah. by this. So obviously of those three, I'd much rather have Mac Jones by a mile. Uh, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo, and let's kind of hit on him for a second. I think he's got a lot of question marks because the injuries and, you know, he just hasn't played a whole full season in a while. And he's, you know, kind of a pretty boy. And so maybe there's a chance that he just retires like Aaron Rodgers in a sense. Like, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks around him. And that's why he's so low. But his upside is pretty good too, right? Like the, the and Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas anymore, in case you haven't heard, you know, in case someone's not paid attention for a full year. You still got Levo- like Devontae Adams is a stud receiver and probably a top 10 receiver in most situations. You got Hunter Renfo. Uh, who was the quarter or the uh, tight end? I'm sorry that they just signed. I'm drawing a blank. Um, Austin Hooper? Austin Hooper. They but they, they signed oh, yeah. Austin Hooper, but then they, they also had uh, somebody else, right? Michael Doesn't Mayer. Matter. Drafted yeah, Michael, Michael Mayer. Mayer. There you go. Drafted. There you go. That's what I was saying. They had they added someone else to this offense. So like they're they're clearly trying to help Jimmy where they can. Um, I think of these, let's say these three: Mac Jones, Will Levis, Garoppolo. That order is whack to me. It should definitely be Jones, Garoppolo, Levis. Garoppolo at least has a starting job. Levis is the third on his own team. You'll notice that, uh, you know. It, <laughs> Will, Will Levis to me, I, Will Levis is the second. I guess it should be clear. He's not Willis. Will Levis is different than, Will, than Willis. But Will Levis is still like a backup quarterback, even if he's not the third on his own team. Will Levis is still like, I don't think he's the future in Tennessee. I'm not really that excited about him. Garoppolo is a starter, and he's going after Will Levis. That blows my mind, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I'd much rather have the starters over the backup, especially now with Tannehill because they just signed Hopkins and all that. So – I guess where I'm going to land with this and finish with this is maybe what are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you feel like QB 31 makes sense for that? Or is that right? I guess in your way, I, I think the price makes sense and that like, it's a good price to get in on Jimmy Garoppolo at the same time. Cause there is the chance that like this goes South with the Raiders because like his ankle is messed up and he can't play. And uh, that's all she wrote. <laughs> and yeah. then he's, he's, and he's backing up somewhere. But it's worth taking the shot on him 
being their starting QB this year, which like all signs really point to that. Um, I think if like the ankle was a big enough problem that um, like he wasn't going to play or something, we would hear more at this point and the Raiders would be making more moves at this point. They'd be I trying hope to so, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there was reports during the NFL draft that they were one of the teams trying to move up um, in the draft for a QB. I don't know if that was purely because of Jimmy Garoppolo's health or if that was just, we don't care that we have Jimmy Garoppolo. We're doing <laughs> right. it anyway, which I think would have been the proper move. And just like, yeah, so what? Like, because that's the thing too, right? Like, I think this, uh, this I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. but Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> team, when, the way that free agency is before the NFL draft, it forces teams to make moves because they don't know what's going to be available for them during the NFL draft. Um, and it can cause weird situations like that where, like, it was possible for the Raiders to find a deal to move up and draft a QB, even though they had just made the deal for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then people would have been saying, like, oh, like, they want the rookie QB to sit for a year. And that, like, that could be not on their minds whatsoever. It's just, well, these two things happened that they both liked at independent times that they, they have no correlation to each other. Um, so it, it, it can be difficult sometimes to parse through that stuff. But I do think that if it was a real problem, the Raiders probably would have made a move by this at some point. So like I'm counting on him starting for them this year, but that's the other thing too, is like, I don't think it's anything past this year. I know he has a three-year deal, but I would not count past this year. Oh, and I'm with you too. And I, I guess where I go with this too, is like Mac Jones feels like the easiest of these three to like lock in and not really worry about the other will love us. And Jimmy Garoppolo both have question marks on a lot of ways. And I think there's, there's, there's a, there's a really serious chance that Las Vegas is okay. Letting Jimmy Garoppolo go, even though he's got a three-year contract. Like if, if they can find something better, they might be willing to do that. I don't know that Will Levis is the future in Tennessee. Like if, if Deandre Hopkins landing there and Tannehill balls out with Hopkins, Will Levis might just see the bench all year. And I'd much rather wait because I just don't see Levis getting a starting job sooner than Garoppolo losing his, I guess. So part of me is like, yeah, why would sense. I draft Levis, right? Like, I might as well just wait and see as low as his value goes. Especially because, you know, like, four, we don't know if Levis is good. And he was a second-round pick. Oh, like, that's, that's not a very good thing for a QB. I've seen some of the videos about how he eats bananas and how he eats mayonnaise on things. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I don't trust this guy. I just <laughs> Mayonnaise in the coffee. Oh, this is wonky, dude. My point, though, is, well, Will Levis isn't even, yeah, Will Levis isn't even a starter, and I'm not sure he's going to start all year. Uh, he went in the second round of the NFL draft. A lot of teams passed on him. They didn't like him. And it's just like that worries me about Will Levis. So anyway, with that, I want to finish this up. Is there anything else you want to talk about regarding these AFC QBs? I know there's a ton of other QBs that I didn't put on this list that are kind of outside the DLF normal ranking. But is there anything else you want to finish with? Or do you feel like we're in a good spot here? I think we're in a good spot. The only one thing I want to mention, just because I mentioned this on uh, DGN the other night, Aaron Rodgers, to me, is a prime contender option. If you are contending and you feel like this might be your year, go get Aaron Rodgers. And mm. go get Jimmy Garoppolo, even. Like, go get some of these cheaper quarterbacks that can be, even as a QB3. Like, let's say, you know, for instance, let's say you've got Lamar Jackson and Kenny Pickett as your top two quarterbacks, and you can go get Aaron Rodgers for what feels like a steal. 
I would be happy to add Aaron yeah. Rodgers to my roster at this point. Like even at this I'm price, sending a second like, for Aaron Rodgers right now. Easily. I might even send two seconds or something like just whatever it takes in a sense. I'm not going to send a first. I don't feel like that makes sense, but I don't right. mind sending like a 24 and a 25 second or something. I want Aaron Rodgers on my contending teams because yeah. I want to ride him until the wheels fall off, which could be this season. And I don't know. I think the Jets are good. I don't know if they're great. Uh, there is a chance that Aaron Rodgers is QB one overall, and I don't see anyone else in this range having that upside. Uh, I mean, again, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, like that offense could be terrific. And their defense is stout with Sauce Gardner and others. Like th- there could be an, a, a chance that Aaron Rodgers is refreshed and rejuvenated and all this. So I want to make sure I harp on that for a hot second. Like I, I, I'll, I'll, I do I want to quickly just say about Aaron Rodgers. I think like the hype can get a little bit out of hand for him with the Jets, sure. just because sure. like you look, you look at the team around him and it's not that different from what he had with the Packers in his last year. If you really think about it, Christian Watson, uh, Garrett Wilson, obviously, I think Garrett Wilson is a much better receiver than Christian sure. Watson, but the point stands that, like, you kind of have this one, and then there's some other receivers that are met, you know, Al Nazard, um, Corey Davis, Michael Hardman, as opposed to Romeo Dubes, and, the you know, the players, they, in fact, he brought his receivers back over to the Jets. Uh, the right, Brees Hall, better than Aaron Jones and, and uh, A.J. Dillon, but coming off an injury, uh, you know, similar offensive systems. The thing though is Aaron Rodgers has this sometimes he just like turns on this switch. Yeah. <laughs> of the like yeah. F everyone. You guys doubted me again. Like I'm gonna yep. go out and ball out. Like he did he literally did that in Green Bay not that long ago. Where he yep. like people are like, oh he's on the downside of his career and then he went and became an MVP again. To to that point though, he also has the same it's almost like a three way switch where the same switch can go degaff and he goes, <laughs> yeah. you know what, F you guys, I'm out of here. So yeah, that's exactly, why he's QB yeah. twenty four, right? Because we don't yeah, know what we're getting. Card. I'm I'm saying more like he's in New York. It's a massive uh, new audience, a new market, and all this. It's a new team. <clears throat> I don't see Aaron Rodgers failing in a sense without something happening. So I'm just I'm, I want to make sure I put that out there because we we yeah. kind of breeze through Aaron Rodgers, but I really like Aaron Rodgers on a contending team, and I'm willing to pay maybe more than I would last year and maybe more than I'm willing to pay in week three. Right. I think Aaron Rodgers is a prime candidate for somebody you should buy right now. So with that, we'll kind of wrap up our QB talk and the ASC QBs. Uh, if you were expecting us to talk a lot about the top five guys. Yeah. I don't know where you're thinking about that. We're talking about values. This is where the values are is at the bottom of this. Uh, and that's kind of where, again, I, I'm glad we got into the, the, the really into the weeds of these later guys. So with that, we're going to move into our listener league updates. And actually, I really wanted to get your opinion on this because this trade involved me and Rocky and Dynasty Junkies won. Uh, I'm curious, I guess, what your thoughts are. Talking about QBs, but not an AFC QB. Uh, Admiral Dakbar, who took over an orphan this year and is doing a lot of you know little trades to make his team better. I love it. Uh, he gave up Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, Dobbs. I don't know. Dubs is what I call him. It's to, exactly. Romeo Dubs to us and the Dynasty Junkies. For Kyle Trask, a third and a fourth. Now it's a 24 third and a 25 fourth, but I don't think that matters. So Romeo Dubs or Trask, a third and a fourth. Which would you prefer, Wyatt? I prefer the picks in Trask. Um, Dubs is in that like awkward scenario where <clears throat> I don't think anybody would sell him for just a third. and uh, So you can't really buy for that much. 
uh, but you don't want to buy them for a second. But like a third and a fourth, I think is approximately equal to to him. Like there's a chance he's just still a starting receiver for the Packers. I don't think he's very good. I think he's just like an average NFL receiver at best. But there's a place for that on teams. So like maybe he's a starting receiver, but like fancy wise, I don't know how much he's actually helping you. Well, for the record, um, this trade isn't like a blockbuster trade, right? Like, come on, like this yeah. is. It's a I know, I know, trade. I know. Yeah, I'm just like. Yeah. Let me talk bad about Romeo Dubs real quick. Go for it. Go for uh, it. The floor <laughs> is why. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, no, I think he's fine. Um, like he should definitely be on rosters, just in the off chance that you know he has a breakout. I just don't think it's likely. Um, so yeah, taking the third and the fourth, and then like the off chance that Kyle Trask gets a shot this year. And you're able to flip him for something else because I don't think Kyle Trask is very good either. Uh, I I would just take the 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 extra shots at stuff basically because I don't think Romeo Dubs is helping lineups win. So here's where I'm at with this: it is a super flex league, right? So Kyle Trask as a quarterback does have more upside than Romeo Dubs. I think there is a I don't know 30 percent, 20 percent chance that Trask is the guy at some point this season, and Mayfield is not the guy. I know as a Browns fan, you probably hope that Mayfield just dies in a field somewhere and just doesn't have (laughs) to play anymore. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm just saying more like, I don't think Trask is really the guy in Tampa Bay. I I think it's Mayfield and I think they just get somebody else. So in my mind, the logic here, again, in my mind, in Rockies too, was like, I don't mind dubs. I think adding a receiver to our team made sense. It is a super flex league, of course, which obviously changes the values of things, but I just don't see ever feeling okay starting Trask. So part of it was like, get that question off my roster. Like, I just don't want to have to deal with it. And then a third and a fourth, honestly, we're junkies. We're going to get those back. So, and we're going to win every year. Yeah. So they're late. Like they just, that's, that's how our, that's how our argument's going to go. So my logic was it's Romeo dubs who we might have flex appeal for in a sense, or Kyle Trask, who everything has to go right to be starter worthy in a super flex spot, even at, at best, which I would not like, I'd much rather start a receiver over Kyle Trask, even in most weeks or in a third and a fourth, which we don't care about. So our logic here too, is we need content for the show. So let's be honest. Let's thank you, Admiral Dakbar for joining the <laughs> league. Uh, we're happy to trade with you and give you some more picks. That was the other part of it, but uh, Rocky and I talked it over. We're like, Hey, you know what? It's a small enough trade. Let's make it happen for the content. Always a good reason to do a trade. Yeah. Also the, I, I, these like low risk, uh, like, uh, you know, Little, yeah. little, little actual, uh, um, I tiny trades. Get my words out. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. tiny trades like this that don't really have a large impact on things. Sometimes you just need to do them to feel alive. Yeah. And I think too, we haven't had a whole lot of action this summer. I feel like that's kind of going around in fantasy this year. We've talked about this on a number of different shows, even like trades are kind of down in general. I was on trade addicts with Rocky last week and I've, I've made fewer trades than last year, but about the same as the year before. And I feel like that's where it gets to be kind of like, what is the normal, right? Like was last year just an excessive amount because of all the chaos, <laughs> because that draft class was kind of wonky, right? We had Malik Willis and, and Desmond Ritter and like all these other receivers and quarterbacks and running backs. And like everybody was kind of like up in the air, right? This year, I feel like it's a lot more set in stone, which is harder to trade when everybody agrees. That's ultimately what yeah. happens, right? Trading is much easier when everybody disagrees on values. Yeah. I just, the, the community at, a, at large and as a whole is getting much more on the same page about values, which tends to inhibit trading because if everybody agrees with the value of people, you're never going to find somebody that's like willing to give up value. That's just not how it works. So yeah. it, it, again, these small trades, especially for an orphan, 
our logic was, hey, let's throw the guy a bone. Dak Bar's in the league. We're glad that you're here. I don't think it was a bad trade. It's a tiny enough trade. Who cares, right? Like, there's nobody wins. It's just more of like, let's just move some deck chairs on the Titanic. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but with that, we are going to get into our final segment of the night and my favorite segment of the night, which is our find me a trade segment. And again, I have to play this because my God, it's my favorite. And we got to get Brian Har on the show again. But here's Brian Har calling out the segment. Find me a trade. Thank you, Brian. That's exactly right. This is the find me a trade segment. So we've got Stephen Molina's team. Stephen and I have been friends on Twitter for what feels like five years at this point. I'm not even sure. Um, but he and I go way back and he's got a, he finally submitted a league charity of eights. It comes from his SFB eight chat, which I think is awesome. We're like a group yeah, of people so who are cool. in SFB eight, uh, decide to get in together and do a charity dynasty league. I'm a huge fan of this. So yeah, I just, I, I love this whole idea and I, I actually didn't update his team, but you saw it on the thing anyway, right? Uh, it's the Bruce Wayne team anyway. Um, so I've got his team up. I'm going to pull it up here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't take 30 minutes like it does. Sometimes I do this. But you <laughs> never know. Um, but his team, I think his team is kind of like a, a, I would say like a middling team. I don't know if I would call it a contender. I feel like that might be a little bit too aggressive. Um, but in general, I feel like this is a good team. I don't want to say it's a great team, but his, uh, his quarterbacks, he's got Justin Fields, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aiden O'Connell, Clayton Toon, Cooper Rush, uh, Mike White, Bailey Zappi. It gets kind of bleak after a while there. Running backs, he's got Derrick Henry, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Samaje P. Ryan, Tank Bigsby, Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, Zach Moss, like tons of good quarterbacks. Or, sorry, yeah. tons of good running backs. Receivers, this one made me laugh. Four receivers. That's it. <laughs> I Calvin wasn't sure Ridley, I was seeing it right at first. <laughs> it, I, to be honest, I did run this through this thing twice, and I believe it's correct. Uh, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, T Higgins and Tank Dell, and that is it. And this league does start two receivers and four flex. So you don't even have enough receivers if you wanted to. Like if Tank Dell yeah. is start worthy, you're still a little wonky there, Stephen. I love it. Uh, tight end, he's got uh, Elijah Higgins, which I think is a fun name. Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Taysom Hill. So he's got some good tight ends. So and then picks, he's got uh, a first and 24, but that's it. And then in 25, a first and a second, 26, a first and a second. Looking at the league, it looks like they only do two rounds of rookie picks. This mm-hmm. also feels like a very shallow league, which I'm not against. I think this makes it more fun on waivers if you have shallower leagues. Uh, they're starting uh, 11. It's a QB, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, four flex and a super flex. But again, if you only have, you know, like 24 players or whatever on your roster, you're starting majority of your roster really it feels yeah. like it is a 12 team, 1.5 tight end premium and zero PPR otherwise, at least according to our settings and a super flex. So, again, this is an interesting league. Tight ends are very heavily favored. And I totally get the logic of leaning into that with Waller and Andrews and T- Taysom Hill, like. Just kind of abandoning, if it's zero PPR, why bother having receivers at all? I kind of get the logic. So right. I want to read through his thoughts because <clears throat> I think it actually sums it up perfectly too. So these are what Steven said. He sent me this uh, yesterday. This is my first star- ever startup dynasty with people from SFB8 chat. Did not really understand the value of QB and dynasty. So they went quicker than I expected. Now, granted, we're in Scott Fishbowl 13. So this is five years ago that this league started, which I think is terrific. At least I assume that. I assume it started shortly after. I didn't really get that. But 
I feel like the team is balanced, but with minimal depth, unless some rookies come through, did did move Jonathan Mingo and a 24 second for Javante Williams. Can't quit him. He's my guy. I love when that happens. Go get your guy. Uh, I was hoping that Jimmy G could get me through this year till the draft next year, but his news has me concerned. We just talked about him. Me too. Uh, the obvious needs are better QB two option and wide receiver depth. So I know it looked like you and I ended up having similar trades. I came up with mine. I put it on the sheet and I saw yours and I was like, all right, we're on the same page. Uh, yeah. Yours is smaller than mine. And it's not, a, it's not a pissing contest. I'm just saying like <laughs> mine is a little bit different, but I'm curious. Let's start with yours and then we'll pivot into mine just to keep it. Simple. Listen, listen. Yeah. When I, when I checked back in and saw that you put yours in, I got, Happy and sad. Happy because same. We That's the a same good lines. way to put it. Yeah, we're on the but same page. Sad, oh, damn. But sad because I think your trade is much better than mine. Oh. <laughs> so, so uh, I said to trade Jonathan Taylor to trash flap for Garrett Wilson. Um, my thoughts were, all right, looking at this team, like you said, I think it's like a middle of the road type of team. Yeah, but it's le- the way it's like built. It almost like has to try to compete or you got to tear it down. Like having like the, the way the, 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 the assets are split up, the things that the, where your value is, is in Mark Andrews, which is fine. Uh, Darren Waller, which is definitely a win now asset, a bunch of running backs, which are just by nature, the position, a win now asset, even in this type of league, which apparently has zero PPR. Um, it's still a position that I wouldn't want to be trying to store a ton of value in unless I'm trying to win. And because he has excess value there, I'd say I thought like one of those pieces just had to be moved for either QB or wide receiver. Um, So I went for Jonathan Taylor basically because he's the one who can actually fetch something like, yeah, because Derek Henry's not worth much. Unfortunately, I'm with you. Yep. Are way better in your lineup than they are on the market. Bingo. Jonathan Taylor's the only one that you can really move for something. I agree. Um, I really like Garrett Wilson. Those two are around the same value level, basically wherever you look. Um, so I thought that was a good move, even though in this league, as we mentioned, the zero PPR, you only actually have to start two wide receivers. If you have enough other players for the rest of the flexes, only having three wide receivers, you can comfortably put in your lineup is a problem. Yeah. Um, just like covering bio weeks and injuries and stuff like yep. you have to do something about it. Um, I thought and like my caveat to this was that I was going to say. Yeah, like I would plan to just go into the season with Jimmy Garoppolo and see what's happening, see see if he's healthy, playing well, feel okay with it. You can always make a move for a veteran later on if you have to. If especially like I want to know that this team is competing before making too big of a move. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor for Garrett Wilson is a big move, but you're trading for a v- very young asset that's really high up in the ranks very valuable like there's no concern about garrett wilson really like dropping uh like off and and losing and like taking a bath on the value there but i want to know that the running backs are going to be good this year and then you and then go all in in a qb but with that said i like your trade which involves a qb uh, I thought it was just a really good trade. And like, once I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so much better. Like I, I would just do that in a heartbeat. 
So I'll let so, you uh, let you do your thing. I want to put it this way. Like I, I was looking at trades and I was looking it up on different calculators and all this. And I'm like, what well, what trade would I want? Like if I'm sending an offer, I want to get something back that makes sense. And I'm like, well, I definitely would rather I would want to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo to something else. I think that that would make me feel better. I would sleep easier at night. And then if I could also do what you were kind of doing was pivot from running back to receiver to give me more flexibility on how that works. You still have to start two. Right. Like it's not like a free for all flex kind of a thing. You still have to start two. And like you said, you only have three that I really feel like comfortable about doing. Um, and we don't even look at bye weeks on any of these find me a trades, right? Like bye weeks don't matter in yeah. dynasty. Like I don't really care, but there is a chance that bye weeks will hit you in some weird way and you only get to start one or something or injuries. Like there, you know, somebody's out a week. Like that matters. So you need more wide receiver depth in my book. I also really love the tight end depth. And I'm like, I don't want to get rid of that tight end depth. Like, I really like the idea of starting Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and potentially even Taysom Hill in your flex. Like that fills a lot of gaps for mm. your team. Uh, and I think Derrick Henry, like you just said it perfectly. Derrick Henry isn't going to get you anything. Miles Sanders isn't going to get you anything. Like Jonathan Taylor might actually get you something. So my logic was in the same vein. Yours was pretty even. I'm not going to lie. Yours is a really good straight up one for one. Mine was Jonathan Taylor and Jimmy Garoppolo. Sending to make sure I get the team name right because there's so many of these fun teams. Wendy Early, who Wendy follows us, I'm sure, on Twitter. I know I've interacted with her before. Uh, so sending Jonathan Taylor and Jimmy Garoppolo for Daniel Jones and Chris Olave. Now, the logic here is Garoppolo is not worth the same as Daniel Jones in almost every book. Daniel Jones is much higher. He's mm-hmm. younger. He's on a better offense, maybe. But it also gives you the stack with Darren Waller, which I really like. And then Jonathan Taylor, I generally think Jonathan Taylor is above Chris Olave. Now, Chris Olave might be a little bit of a reach. Like looking at this, like in DLF calculator specifically, like it's not really that fair. Uh, DTC had it a lot closer. Not that there's any arbiter of truth. I'm just saying like everybody has their own valuation. I would look at this like if I can get Daniel Jones and Chris Olave. For Jonathan Taylor, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Samaj P. Ryan, be fine with it. Like, if I have to add another piece to that side to get Daniel Jones and Chris Olave, I'm fine with that. Uh, there is a chance, too, and I've encountered this in some leagues where, like, Chris Olave is not on the block. I'm not trading him. You're going to have to overpay. I don't want to overpay. That's exactly what I'm trying to avoid here. So, my logic was yeah. if I can get rid of Taylor and pivot from Taylor to Olave, which is a down pivot a little bit. And then up pivot from Garoppolo to Jones, that feels like it shores my team up and, and helps me in the long run. So, again, I, I thought of this trade, I put it together, and then I put it on the sheet, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, you've got Jonathan Taylor on there too. But if anything, that backs up the exact point we're both trying to make. Jonathan Taylor is the guy that we should move. And if, if this yeah. was my team, that makes sense to me. So, I know you mentioned liking my trade, but do you feel like that trade could get done? Like, do you feel like that's enough for Olave and, and Jones? I say, here's what I say. I like, I think the Olave Daniel Jones side is definitely the better side. Like, I don't yes. think there's a question about it. But I think it's a trade worth sending and seeing what happens. Right. Um, maybe you're not as far off as you think. Maybe you're not off at all. Um, this person could not think as highly of Olave and think really highly of. Well, Jonathan Taylor, you just this never is know. why I built that trade because Wendy's team running backs are pretty weak. It's Antonio Gibson, Damian Harris, yeah. Roshan Johnson, Pierre Strong, Jalen Warren. Like, there is no serious RB1 on that team. 
yeah. then receivers, it's CD Lamb, Deontay Johnson said, like, this is a receiver heavy, heavy team. Like, CD Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, uh, Sky Moore, like, Rondale Moore. Like, there's a lot of receivers on this team. So, obviously, you might have to pivot down. You might have to figure out a way to make this work. But my logic is, if I'm Wendy, I'm looking at this like, well, okay, so I'm pivoting from Alave to Taylor, which gives me a running back one, which... Again, this league does start two running backs, and you have to start at least two running backs. And of my running backs, I don't feel great about a lot of those, but I have a ton yeah. of receivers, right? So, like, I don't mind losing Alave for that. Honestly, you could even look at Taylor and Alave straight up if you wanted to. I personally would want more than Alave back for Taylor, but that's still, that's the bones. Yeah. And again, if you have to add to Garoppolo to get Jones, I'm fine with that too. Like, if it's a yes. short bench like this, like, I don't mind consolidating assets here. That's kind of where my head would go. Like, where can I get the best possible starting roster? Because I don't have a lot of bench. And again, whereas it is a lineup league from what we can tell, but like, and there, there's some things that are just like screaming at me here. Like what, what, what makes the most sense and pivoting from Taylor to Alave feels like a pretty good pivot down where you're not trading that many points, but value wise Taylor is worth more. So again, it, it's up to Wendy. Obviously it's up to what she wants and what, what her plans are there. Um, and again, I've engaged with Wendy online and, and she's actually a pretty stout uh, dynasty player. So she's not, you know, a scrub in a sense, but I liked your trade too, to be like, well, okay, if that doesn't work, right. Maybe this is one of those, like, where you send them both out and just kind of like, see which one comes back first or like, see who mm-hmm. responds favorably. Because in my mind, I'd rather have Wilson and Taylor straight up too. Like that side is stronger to me too. And it helps your flexibility of your roster, which I don't think we talk about enough, but like roster builds and lineup setting and all that matters a lot in this kind of league and this kind of game. So um, I, I think that maybe the, the end result here, Stephen, if you're going to take anything away from this is you, you're heavy at running back, which I don't hate, but Taylor is the guy that I feel like you might be able to get the most value for. And that is worth trading away. What would you say to that, yeah. to that Wyatt? I mean, you're on the same page. Yeah, definitely. And I do want to just add, and we kind of already said it, but like the, on your trade, adding something to it is perfectly fine. Like there's, yeah, a lot of pieces on the team that I would just add without even questioning it to get the deal done. But it's a really good starting point. Well, and that's why a lot of times we talk about like, these are the bones of the trade. Like this is something to start with. It's not meant to be like an end start. It's more of a beginning than a finish, right? Like we're, we're, we're talking in, in kind of in a vacuum, but in your own league, right? We're finding trades for our listeners, which I love find me a trade. Um, but there are very rarely times where we see somebody say, Oh, that exact trade got done. But you might really like Jimmy Garoppolo and not like Daniel Jones, right? Steven might just be like, no, that trade makes no sense for me in my opinions. That's fine. We're not telling you you have to do this. It's more like this is the logic I would go by. This is the the, the bones of where I would start, which I think is the, the helpful part here. So I mm. think we did a pretty good job for you, Steven. I think you got some good ideas. I want to mention this. Jason actually just posted this, which I think is hilarious, in our chat. He just made a trade in DJ3 right now which I think is worth bringing up because it does bring up two of the players we've talked about before. Jason gave up Aaron Rodgers, quarterback okay. in the AFC. We just talked about Aaron Rodgers. He gave up Aaron Rodgers for Devontae Adams and a 24 second. What are your thoughts on that? Just on the fly. What is your first thought? It's a super flex league with a bunch of other junkies, Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams in a second. Which would you rather have? Devontae Adams side, not even close. I would too. And I think with the way that we just talked about Aaron Rodgers being a contender team, right? And all this, 
Devontae Adams is still like a top 12 receiver. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's still a pretty good piece. And yeah, you're getting I, a second. I don't know. That's pretty I think good. I have like three or four rounds of startup value in between those two players. And you get a second on top. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's a smash on the Devontae Adams side. For so me. I, that's why Jason brought it up in the chat, I'm sure. Because he was like, are you kidding me? This is a great trade. So I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not crushing on you, Maruk 16 and DJ3. It's just more like that to me feels like the second probably might have been better on the Aaron Rodgers side, if I'm being honest. I feel yes. like Adams, Adams might be worth Aaron Rodgers in a second more. So I love that trade view, Jason. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for being part of DJ3. Uh, we don't have any plans for DJ4. That'll be next offseason, if at all. But if you're in any of our leagues, we love talking about your trades. So please continue to make them. But with that, we're going to wrap it up here. I think we've covered a lot tonight in terms of, of theory and, and process and values and all this. But again, just in case people missed it at the beginning, Wyatt, where can people find you and where is your stuff being put out? Just so we can help them out with that. You can find me on Twitter at YB underscore FF. You can find almost all of my content and a lot of it at JWB underscore FF on Twitter or JWB Fantasy Football on YouTube. And then you can find my written articles at DLF right now during the summer, I do my traversing the trade finder uh, series where I take a look at a couple of players, use the DLF trade finder where you look at real trades that happen in real leagues to see if there's any kind of market inefficiencies we can take advantage of. And I just want to comment really quick on that. I love looking at the trade finder. Uh, there are times mm -hmm. I, and I have a subscription to DLF. Uh, I've had a subscription for years. It's one of my favorites because of those real time kind of tools the trade analyzer is fun and obviously trade calculators all have their value and their purpose and all this, mm -hmm. but seeing real trades blows my mind sometimes. Yeah. I'll go in there and be like, I'm really kind of fed up with uh, Travis Etienne, right? Like, I'm just going to pick a player. I don't know. I don't, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of it. So I'm going to go into the trade finder and look at one QB trades in non PPR leagues with 12 teams in the last yep. 30 days. What can I get? And these are real trades. It spits out of like actual trades that are done. It's not a calculator. It's literally this trade was pulled off. And I'm like, yes. you're telling me I could trade ETN for Jacobs in a second. Hands down, I'll do that. And I start I start a lot of trades like that where I'm just like, hey, mm -hmm. that trade was pulled off in another league. I sometimes, and I don't know how to say this without being weird, but I sometimes feel like I overvalue my players more than other people do, right? Uh, I also feel like my valuation is the truth and other people are just wrong. <laughs> that's not accurate, right? Like that's not how right. it goes, right? Their, their valuation is entirely valid. And I get into debates and discussions. I'm sure like you do too on Twitter, Wyatt, where it's like, listen, I, we are just different on this. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Like it, being mm -hmm. different on valuations is a good thing, but knowing where things are different is awesome. Yeah. And I love that trade finder. And I do it. I use it all the time where I'm like, let me find at least like we're just doing with find me a trade. Let me find a trade that's actually happened. Let me find a trade that somebody pulled off and send it. And what's really funny is that I maybe half the time, maybe more than half the time, I get a response like there's no way that's a fair trade. I'm like, listen, man, I'm just saying it happened in another <laughs> league. I thought I'd send it like I just I'm just put it out there. Just put it up. I'm not saying you're going to do it, but if it happened yeah. in another league, maybe you agree. So I love that. Yeah. And don't be offended when someone sends you a trade and you think it's like terrible trade. Because and that, that is my it, least favorite thing. I get a lot yeah. of crap offers. I send a lot of crap offers. And my first response is not, you're an idiot. My first response yeah. is, we value these players differently. That's yeah. fine. I, 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 was, I always like do the, I, I'm just going to be honest. 
like this this trade is off by a lot for me like yes. and and i'm it may just be that or it might be and here's why it's off for me yep. sometimes you know how transparent i am with with my player values in a trade can vary from person to person league to league but i always try to at least be like just so you know like it's not close for me just right. just being honest with you it's okay that you it was bad to me it's fine but just so you know like it's not a trade i'm interested in well, also, as someone who sends some lowball offers and uh, lowball hall, which uh, pass puff kick has given me the nickname lowball hall, which I don't hate. Uh, <laughs> but my good. logic is if I lowball people, I can't really be upset when people try to lowball me. Like, yeah, that's, that's part too. of the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm fine like, with it. Like, I don't agree, sent, but I appreciate your attempt. A, yeah, everybody has sent out a lowball offer at some point. Yep. Like, nobody is you know, pure of heart when it comes and, to And that. again, we can go for an hour and a half even about this, but John Bosch is like, let me send my best and final right out of the gate. I'm not like that. I'm in sales. I'm all about negotiating. Like, that's just how my brain works. Like, I'm fine to start low and build up. Like, I vary. There, there are some, definitely some leagues where that doesn't work. And there are some times where I don't bother. There are some times where I'm busy and I don't have the time, right? But for the most part, I almost always send an offer like, not necessarily missing a piece, but like I'm fine to add a piece. Like we just talked about, like I'm, I'd rather send it and have them accept it than send it with the extra piece and have them accept it. You know what I mean? Like, let me just keep that value where I can. And I think that's part of trade negotiations. So again, you, it's hard for me to be upset when someone sends me one of those where I'm like, you know, Jamar chase for Kyle Trask. Hell no, that's different. You're being ridiculous. Like that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But if it's like Jamar Chase for uh, Jalen Waddle, I'm like, okay, straight up, that doesn't make sense. But let's see what we can build on this, right? Like, I get yeah. where you're going. I'm okay. If you're okay sending, let's see what we can do. And I think, in all honesty, and I know you just, I don't want to take all of your time like hinting where you're at. I know you hit on it already, but like, the trade finder is a prime spot to go for that on DLF to be like, hey, these are actual trades that people have pulled off. And there are so many times I look at that and I'm like, I'd be down for that. Like, we just said it before. Like, I love that side. Devontae Adams in a second for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go send that yeah. right now. Like I've got Aaron Rodgers in two leagues. I'm going to go send that right now. Like that trade just happened. It pulled off. Somebody must value that way. And all it takes is one out of the other 11 members in your team, in your league, I should say, to agree with that logic. Like nobody is going to agree on everything. If we're being honest, it's America in 2023. Like everybody's polarized and divided about everything. Nobody's yeah. going to agree. If that means that you value somebody more than me, who am I to say that you're wrong? I love that you value them differently. I'm happy about that. I would love for more people to value people differently. And that ultimately goes back to our main point here. And, and I actually something that Jason mentioned too is like trading kind of died down. And I think in all honesty, it's because there's so much information, there's so much good intel out there. I think a lot of people are really having a hard time getting an edge, which they used to have. Yeah. Now everybody's onto it. Everybody's into it. Everybody is junkies. We're all on the same page. But with that, Wyatt, thank you so much for coming out. Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we get out of here? I'm good, man. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure. You're one of my favorites, Wyatt. And honestly, one of my favorite beards. It's just such a good beard. <laughs> I seriously am so impressed. I appreciate it. Every, every time we get to hang out, Andrew, it's, it's a great time. We got to see each other again in person not that long ago at Cincy Live Draft yep. for Scott Fishbowl, which yep. is a fantastic time. It seems, it honestly, it seems like I get to see your face pretty often these days, which is a nice thing. I'm fine with it too. Again, I get to see <laughs> that beard, which is great. But I'll see you again in August for the expo. Uh, we're yep. going to have actually, we're going to preview sneaker spoiler whatever we're gonna have bob lung on for that thursday show before the expo which i'm very excited about uh bob lung obviously one of the people that puts the expo on and one of my favorite people in the industry he's such a good heart he's such a good guy 
Uh, he does a ton of great work for the industry. So if you're not following Bob Lund, follow him. Make sure you follow Wyatt at WyattBF underscore FFB, or sorry, uh, at WyattB underscore FF. I'll Got get it. it right one of these days. Follow me at Andrew Hall FF. Follow the Dynasty Junkies at Dynasty Junkies. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, follow the DAP Network at DAP underscore network. Uh, definitely give us some some feedback. We always have Find Me at Trades. We're always looking for more. Uh, it's our pinned tweet and all that. So submit your team. Also, Rocky and I are now doing Rate My League. If you want to have us rate your entire league, if you have a redraft league with some home friends and you know us and you know how much we're going to favor you because we definitely recognize names, uh, we'll be happy to rate your entire league from top to bottom and kind of roast some people that are terrible at this. I'm telling you what, right now, that's worth the money alone. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Rocky and I just started this. Uh, so follow us. You can uh, DM us if you want the link for that, but it's on RateMyLeague.com uh, with the guys over there. And again, Thank you so much for coming on, Wyatt. But with that, thank you so much for the people in the chat. Jason Real. We had uh, a couple others. Toronto, Dave, even uh, Jake uh, Jake Trowbridge was in there. Uh, there was a couple other people. We had a bunch of people in the chat tonight. So thank you so much for coming out. But with that, Junkies out. Junkies out.